0: The WBEN All Local. All Local. Produced by Randy Bushover. A daily look at what's happening in Buffalo, Western New York, and the world.
1: I'm Susan Rose.
2: I'm Brian Mazarowski, outside partly cloudy skies, 45 degrees in Buffalo.
1: Governor Kathy Hochul thrusting New York into the abortion spotlight. The governor announcing Tuesday that New York will stockpile supplies of the abortion medication, Misoprostol, after FDA approval of another drug, Mifepristone, was struck down by a federal judge in Texas last week. This isn't just an attack on abortion. It's an attack on democracy. Courts have never before revoked a science-backed decision made by the FDA. And if this decision stands, it could have unprecedented consequences that reach far beyond abortion, threatening the FDA's critical role in our country's public health system. Hochul said the Department of Health is finalizing the purchase of 150,000 doses of misoprostol at the cost of really uh, roughly $100,000 to keep New Yorkers supplied with pregnancy-ending medication over the next five years.
2: SUNY Chancellor John King announcing that students will no longer be required to have a COVID vaccine to attend school starting with summer courses. The decision coming after President Biden signed a bill Monday ending the COVID national emergency after over three years.
1: A court will rule on whether to appoint a special prosecutor in former Erie County Democratic Party Chairman Steve Pidgeon's child rape case soon. WBEN's Max Ferry was in a courtroom yesterday to get the latest developments.
3: Erie County Court Judge Kevin Carter says he will reach a decision within two weeks regarding a motion calling for the removal of District Attorney John Flynn as a prosecutor from the rape allegation case made against former Erie County Democratic Chairman Stephen Pidgeon. Pidgeon's defense team argued in court Tuesday afternoon in favor of the motion for a special prosecutor, citing DA Flynn has conflict of interest and prejudicial feelings towards Pidgeon, as Pidgeon did not endorse Flynn for Candidacy in positions such as his run for district attorney and Flynn casted Pigeon in an unfavorable light in a press conference following Pigeon's indictment. Assistant District Attorney Kathleen Romer argues to the judge that this case is not just about politics. She says there was no misconduct or impropriety and that arguments are inaccurate and the defense has failed to show prejudice. Attorney Terry Connors tells W B E N that if Judge Carter were to approve the motion for a new prosecutor, it would be a very rare occurrence.
0: Well, the motion itself is. Rare and the granting of the motion is even rarer because you have to establish this through sufficient first hand knowledge that there is a demonstrable bias, that the professional judgment of the prosecutor has been affected, and that there has been some loss of due process under law for the defendant.
3: Connors also adds, if this motion is granted, this could significantly prolong proceedings. This is Max Ferry for WBEN.com News.
2: All right, Max, thank you. Buffalo lawmakers meeting with leadership from Shays yesterday. It comes after months of turmoil at the downtown theater, resulting in resignation of its president, loss of a sponsor. Robert Brunschmidt, who is the Vice President of Operations at Shays, told Common Council members there's eight new board trustees and a presidential search committee that's been formed in addition, internal changes as well. All of this, he said, happening during a very successful theater season. Shays attendance this
3: season is the third highest in the past eight, only bested by seasons that included The Lion King, that ran for four weeks in 2017-2018, And the first three-week engagement of Hamilton in
1: 2018-2019.
2: The council's interest in Shays due to the fact that it's a city-owned building.
1: The rest stop rebuild along the New York State Thruway is under the microscope after the Buffalo News reported that contractors responsible for the construction are asking the state for $260 million to avoid financial collapse. The project was lauded by the state as being able to be complete without spending any tax dollars. WBEN's Tom Puckett has reaction from Albany.
4: Rochester-based Lachey says it's seeking a $260 million state grant to finish reconstruction of the thruway's rest stops. Assemblymember Bill Conrad says the Transportation Committee chairman has been approached on the issue. I have to agree with Bill Magnarelli. This could create a real, a real slippery slope if any contractor facing financial issues could be bailed out by a state government. And this particular project was supposed to be built without taxpayer money. And that's that's an important thing. I, I know that's something that we've talked about with the Bill Stadium as well. State Senator George Borrello says the authority system is opaque, and this is another example. Uh,
3: this whole project uh, seems to be, uh, I think, uh, mired in controversy. They just recently told their bondholders that everything's fine. So I think, that first of all, there needs to be an admission that there's a problem by the governor, by the True Way Authority, and by the other parties involved, before we should even consider giving them any money whatsoever.
4: State Senator Sean Ryan says LeChase made the deal to give it 33 years of exclusivity at the stops and a cut from goods sold there, and now
0: must stick with it. Now the contractor wants to renegotiate the deal, uh, but they're not looking to give up any of their exclusivity. Um, you know, the contract that they signed puts them on the hook for cost overruns, and, you know, I'm with Governor Hochul we need to hold them to the contract.
4: Senate Republican Leader Rob Ward says he's not sure that $260 million figure is accurate. How do
0: we know that that's the number? How do we know that that's, that, 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 that figure is, is uh, based on real losses, what have you, and that we're not just subsidizing with Chase Construction? Um, any company that would agree to the contract and then try to come back after taxpayers uh, arouses my suspicion. A
4: spokesperson for LaChance says in a statement, given the unprecedented global supply chain disruption and industry-wide cost increases, ESC Partners, Apple Green Empire State Development Partners, and the Thruy Authority have had ongoing discussions on all items related to the project. You can hear the full conversations online. Tom Puckett, WBEN.com News.
2: All right, Tom, thank you. Well, the end of the line for the Sabres.
4: Ball turning, plays it back to the line. Far Circle scores! tar on the far side, and it's a
2: 4-1 New Jersey lead here in the third period. Ends up being a 6-2 loss to New Jersey, eliminating the Sabres from playoff contention. Here's Captain Kyle Oposo after the loss. I'm extremely proud to, to be a part of this group, to see how far we've come. You know, we've become a team, and become a team started off the ice first and then slowly progressed on the ice, and... It's the first time in a long time that I think we can say that about, about our squad here. Tough, I think, because he's right in a lot of ways, right? Um, <laughs> a lot of optimism around this team. At the same time, it's the 12th straight season without playoff hockey for the Sabres, tied with the Jets for the longest active postseason drought, the uh, New York Jets, that is, across the major North American sports. They last played a playoff game in April 2011
1: which uh, seems forever ago
2: i mean it's uh we talked about this with the bills for so many years you know my right. i i go back to uh, uh you know the bills made the uh playoffs in 2017 and i go well my my brother is you know officially an adult he wasn't born the last time the bills were in the playoffs now i mean with the sabers it's he was 11 years old, (laughs) you know, he's graduated (laughs) college uh, now since the last time the Sabres played a playoff game. It's uh, very tough. At the same time, there is a lot of optimism around the future of the team.
1: Yes, but it still stinks. It stings.
2: Oh, stings and stinks. Yeah. I, I would agree with uh, both those things. Uh, Sabres do have two games remaining, including the final home game tomorrow
3: night. The exclusive WBN 7 weather forecast for the day today calls for clouds to give way to sunshine. Still on the breezy side, but we'll have less wind than what we had yesterday. The high temperature near 60 in downtown Buffalo due to the cooling effects of Lake Erie, closer to 70 inland. Tonight's mainly starlit, the overnight low temperature near 50, staying breezy. Tomorrow brings sunshine, highs into the mid-60s in downtown Buffalo closer to the mid-70s inland. Friday's sunny, the high everywhere into the mid-70s. With your exclusive WBN 7-Weather Forecast, I'm meteorologist Josh Nichols.
1: Buffalo AKG Director Yanni Seren joining us right now on WBEN updating that $230 million renovation to the Art Museum. Uh, Yanni, it's a little later than the original timeline, but the end is in sight.
0: Good morning, uh, Susan. Indeed, the end is in sight. We are about uh, two months to curtain open.
2: Two months' time. Uh, Can you uh, first kind of go into what the original timeline was and and some of the reasons for that being pushed back a little bit?
0: Sure. So, uh, as many of your listeners will know, we broke ground uh, on our campus development and expansion project back in November of 2019. Uh, Then five months into construction, COVID made landfall in the United States and started to impact things such as just us having to close the construction site for a number of weeks, as many other constructions had to close as well in New York State. Uh, Following that closure and, and then the reopening of the site to construction, we, in the course of 2020 and 2021, started to face some supply chain issues, as well as uh, impacts of labor shortage. So our original timeline was to open the museum in late October, early November of 2022. A year ago, or I guess it's 14 months ago, back in January of 2020, to, we made the call to punt the opening by six months from that original November 22 date to the May of 23. And the opening date, as we announced it, was May 25th, 2023. And we've adjusted that opening date now by three weeks, approximately, to June 12th. And that three-week adjustment was really a consequence of some lingering supply chain issues, but really also um, Storm Elliott that ravaged our region and took the lives of more than 40 people here in western New York. Many of the trades working on the site were not able to get to the site due to the storm, as many of you know uh, and recall vividly, I'm sure, you know, there were drive bans, etc., impacting the region. So this Three-week adjustment really is a rollout, you know, sort of an impact, lingering impact of those supply chain issues, but primarily Storm Elliot.
1: If you don't regularly travel near the gallery, it's jaw-dropping to see what's been going on there. In these final two months, because the opening is two months from today, where is the, the finishing work happening?
0: So right now there's a lot of site work work happening outside. We've got good weather so we are pouring, uh, starting to sort of do the asphalt and site work completion pieces. Um, also the great lawn in front of the neoclassical Wilmers building uh, is getting its uh, verdant cover. The grass that will adorn it uh, will soon be there. Uh, the topsoil has was put in place already last fall. And of course there's a lot of interior work going on, especially in the new Gunlock building. So, there's a lot of interior work in the Gunlock building in the next eight weeks. Uh, at the same time, uh, we've been installing art in the Wilmers and Knox buildings, the older part of the campus, since early February. And we are just about complete with that art installation process in those older parts of the campus. So, as as the plan is, we will now roll into Gunlock and start installing art uh, into the galleries of the new building. but. Basically, 60% of the art installation process is already complete because about 60% of the art resides in the Knox and Wilmers buildings. Some of your listeners will know them as the 1905 and 1962 buildings, respectively. It
2: it is incredible. You drive by to see what's being built there. And, you know, a lot of times, Yanni, you have to admit, we're a little soured in Buffalo. To renderings, right? We see them all the time of, oh, here's this beautiful new building. Here's what it's going to look like. And then, you know, either never happens or it doesn't really look up to what the drawing is. I, from the images we've seen inside, I mean, this is really uh, seems to be living up to what was proposed all those years ago.
0: Is that what you're seeing? 100%. The Buffalo AKG will deliver a transformative architectural masterpiece uh, to Buffalo and Western New York. It will be a game changer, not just for the museum, but uh, all the residents of Western New York. uh, We've designed and conceptualized the program of this new museum, which it really is, together with our community. We've engaged our community over over a period of four years in an intense community engagement process, uh, all segments of Western New York were part of this. Uh, many of your listeners uh, piped in and shared their views. We have built a museum of and for the people. And when you do that, when you build something of and for the people and you do it sincerely and you don't cut corners, uh, you have success uh, in, in your horizon. And that's what we want to deliver to Western New York. Western New York and Buffalo deserves uh, a new architectural masterpiece. And uh, all the early indicators based on curators, museum directors, and members of the International Media Corps that have visited the site on hard hat tours, Uh, I mean, basically the reactions are ooh and ah and a lot of wows. So we very much look forward to sharing all of this with with our our neighbors uh, and our citizens here in western New York.
1: Yanni, what do you envision the opening to look like? And how much interest is there from around the world in this
0: there is let me take the international piece first and then I'll come to the opening so there's a lot of interest in this uh, project around the world Um, just to give you one example we have 72 donors from Europe out of whom only five have ever been to Buffalo but they believe in the project so much uh, and in the strength of the museum's collection that uh, collectively they've contributed more than 10 million dollars from. Countries in Europe that don't have philanthropic legislation, for example, that would allow them to get any tax breaks uh, on their contributions. So that's just one indicator to have 72 individuals from out of outside of this country uh, supporting the project. Um, artists uh, from across Asia, Europe. Uh, various uh, African nations. You know, everybody is excited about this project. And it's important to keep in mind that the Buffalo AKG is the sixth oldest museum in the United States. There was nothing on Manhattan when we were incorporated during the Civil War in 1862. So we've been at it for a long time and we are known around the world for our somewhat uncanny ability to break new ground in terms of picking artists, before tomorrow thinks of them as revolutionary. We were the first museum to acquire a Warhol. We built an AbEx collection before AbEx was even conceptualized as a movement. The first Henry Moore's, Picasso's, et cetera, the list goes on, uh, landed in the Buffalo AKG's collection, so to speak, when the paint was still wet. As for the opening, uh, the opening, we, we are expecting crowds. Uh, I do expect uh, Helmut Avenue to be quite congested. Uh, Even with the new underground parking, we will have parking issues. And, uh, uh, you know, sometimes uh, we scratch our heads here sort of that, is it a good or a bad thing in Buffalo to have a parking crisis? Well, you know, we've always wanted the world to come here. Uh, We always talk uh, proud Buffalo. Well, now when we talk proud Buffalo, we'll have to deal with some traffic jams and and, uh, parking issues. But ultimately that's good for business. It's good for our city. And issues such as parking, uh, you know, they are – human-created problems, and we'll find resolutions to them. I do hope that everyone who's listening to this, you know, keep an eye on our website. Uh, It will be timed ticketing at the time when we open. Uh, It's just we we will not be able to take in the thousands of people that uh, we anticipate coming to the museum without timed tickets. So it's important to sort of book your ticket in advance. Then, Then you have the ticket. You can come in at your designated hour, And we are looking forward to a very busy and fun summer. That's the WBEN All Local. All new episodes are made available each weekday morning.
1: Produced by the award-winning WBEN Newsroom.